We've had the weekend now to learn a lot more about the new Republican Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. And it is not an exaggeration to say that this is the most radical and ideologically extreme Speaker of the House in modern political history. You know, it's hard to go and say in the history of the United States, Mike Johnson may well be the most extreme Speaker of the House in the history of the country. But when we talk about the full history of the country, norms and context, everything has changed. It's less easy to make such an apples to apples comparison. Certainly in my lifetime, this is the most extreme and radical speaker of the House we have ever had. We knew that Mike Johnson was a MAGA extremist. We knew that he played up the oh, Joe Biden didn't really win in 2020 stuff. But it turns out that that is just a sliver of the totality of Mike Johnson's extremism. And part of what happened over the last week is that Johnson's rise to power was so quick. Nobody was talking about this guy as a serious candidate. Next thing you know, he's Speaker of the House. We only now have had the opportunity to do a deep dive into his career and his positions. It's been done and it is utterly horrifying. Let's go through some of it with video. Uh, Johnson is a 2020 election denier. We knew that close ties to Trump, truly MAGA's MAGA, I guess we could say. But on every issue, he's a radical. He called wind and solar power the most inefficient energy sources we have. He said living near wind turbines can cause depression and cognitive dysfunction. Maybe that explains why Trump's mush mouth these days. Maybe he's living near a wind turbine in 2016. Johnson gave a sermon where he said that mass shootings are caused by teaching evolution in schools like this is this is not just I'd like lower taxes than you would. This is very serious stuff uh, on cannabis. I mean, obviously, he exposed the exp uh, opposed the expansion of medical marijuana in Louisiana, the state he's from. Johnson also joined the Republican state attorney general Jeff Landry and Christian evangelist Kirk Cameron, the TV guy, to argue under the First Amendment for student led prayer and religion in schools. Of course, that's the opposite of what the Constitution actually calls for. Johnson co-sponsored federal legislation which would ban abortions once a fetal heartbeat is detected. That's usually around six weeks into a pregnancy. No exceptions for any kind of illness. Just period. That's it. Fetal heartbeat. No abortion would be one of the most extreme abortion standards, I guess we would call it in the country. He once wrote that homosexuality will lead to, quote, chaos and sexual anarchy and described it as, quote, inherently unnatural and a dangerous lifestyle. He also wanted to criminalize gay sex. He wrote in favor of criminalization of gay sex. This is the epitome of the Christian nationalist. Now, he also seems like one of these. I hate to use this word because it, it the, the word is so morally loaded. But ah, do I even I was going to say a pervert, but I don't even know that I want to go in that direction. He's just one of these really strange guys. He was talking about his wife being worn out from being on her knees last week. He um, married his wife in what's called a covenant marriage. Now, if regular marriage isn't enough for you, you can avail yourself of something called covenant marriage. Covenant marriage is like a, a it's like a hardcore marriage. Only a few states have it in Louisiana. They have it. And if you as part of a couple choose to enter into a covenant marriage, these people are so insane. You agree to undergo premarital counseling before you can even consider getting a divorce. You have to get marital counseling if there's trouble during the marriage. You are limited in the reasons for which you're allowed to get a divorce. Now, Mike Johnson also has bemoaned and decried no fault divorce. No fault divorce just means if I don't want to be married anymore, I can choose not to be married anymore. I don't have to prove to anyone and give anyone an approved reason for wanting a divorce. Mike Johnson is against that. And he personally is in a covenant marriage where there's all these requirements. You're required to live apart for a bunch of time before you can get a divorce. It's bonkers stuff. Um, he also, by the way, 
has said that democracy is not so good. We really what we need is biblical law, the epitome of tromping all over separation of church and state and uh, Christian nationalism. Here is Mike Johnson from a few years ago. You know, we don't live in a democracy because oh. a democracy is two wolves and a lamb deciding what's for dinner. OK, it's not just majority rule. It's a constitutional republic. And the founders set that up because they followed the biblical admonition on what a civil society is supposed to look like. You know, we don't live in a democracy. There you go. It I mean, listen, we <laughs> democracy. Forget about that. That's what the Speaker of the House who believed that uh, Trump actually won the 2020 action 2020 election believes about democracy. He also um, has blamed uh, the problems in the country, including mass shootings on things like no fault divorce. Here is a speech he gave, you know, at one of these crazy right wing events. I think this is one of the right wing events where evangelicals pretend to like Jews uh, in reality because they think that supporting Israel will bring about the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is bonkers, apocalyptic rapture stuff. Here is Mike Johnson. Um, this is now the Speaker of the House. Dangerous radical. Now, some of y'all were around in the late 60s. You remember that what that was about? The countercultural revolution, Woodstock and drugs and peace and free love and all that, but more about the undermining of the foundations of religion and morality. Because mm. you, if you remember in the late 60s, we invented things like no fault divorce laws, uh -oh. we invented uh, the sexual revolution. We oh invented um, uh, radical feminism. We invented legalized <laughs> abortion in 1973. Where the it was invented. But the, the state, the government sanctions the killing of the unborn. All these things happened because as collectively as Americans, we began to get together in, in growing numbers and thumb our nose at the creator and say, we don't believe that anymore. We're rejecting the founders natural law philosophy in favor of moral relativism. And we are going down another path. Now this is this is a full on extremist. This is now the most powerful member of the House of Representatives. Now, what we tolerate in moderation, our children excuse in excess. What happens when you fast forward another 30 or 40 years? Well, here's a picture's worth a thousand words. Go to the next one for me. I mean, we know that we're living in a completely amoral society. And so people say, how can a young person go into their schoolhouse and open fire on their classmates? Because we've taught a whole generation, a couple of generations now of Americans, that there is no right and wrong that it's about survival of the fittest and you evolve from the primordial slime. Why is that life of any sacred value? Because there slime sounds about right when thinking about this guy. So why is having an extremist, a speaker of the House, so dangerous? This is the critical part so that once you understand it, you can decide I want to vote in 2024 or I don't care about this. I don't want to vote. The Speaker of the House is second in the line of succession to be president of the United States. You've got the vice president and then the Speaker of the House. This extremist lunatic ideologue is now after the vice president in the line of succession to be president of the United States. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will. More practically, the Speaker of the House sets the legislative agenda in the House of Representatives, decides which bills come to the floor. An extremist speaker can prioritize harmful, divisive legislation. Uh, potentially leading to the enactment of policies that undermine democracy, which Mike Johnson would clearly like to do and can simply keep out, keep off the floor sensible and important legislation. The Speaker of the House plays a major role in determining committee assignments. And what they can do is they can take over every committee, committee on education, committee on whatever area you care about. The committee can be taken over by the extremist brown nosers who suck up to Mike Johnson. They take over the committees. An extremist speaker can directly oppose a president's agenda if they're from a different party or they can support it if they're from the same party. And so now Mike Johnson can oppose everything Joe Biden wants to do. And if Trump becomes president in 24 and Republicans keep the House and Mike Johnson stays a speaker, can rubber stamp everything that Trump wants to do. That's insane. And also the Speaker of the House influences the rules of the House themselves. And as we know, the more extreme Republicans love to change the rules in the House for their perceived benefit. Sometimes it backfires, sometimes it doesn't, but it's for their perceived benefit. So this is truly a disaster. And when I talk about Christian nationalists getting into positions of power, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's in the House. Next thing you know, she could be in a position of power. 
This is the sort of thing we're talking about. Mike Johnson embodies exactly that. So it's another reason to say we have to vote a year from now. It's basically a year almost to the day from now, November of 2024. If Democrats take the House, this guy is done. Even if Democrats don't take the House, but are able to prevent DeSantis or Trump or Nikki Haley or whoever from becoming president, then at least there will be no insane Oval Office agenda for Mike Johnson's House of Representatives to rubber stamp and to pass. So whatever we think is the most likely outcome in 2024, we must vote to make it the least bad outcome possible. This is the worst of the worst of modern MAGA. And as Matt Gates said last week, the guy is right. He's wrong about a lot of things, but he's right about this. MAGA is still in control. And when you see MAGA kick out Kevin McCarthy, by the way, not a moderate guy, just not insane enough to be MAGA, they kick out Kevin McCarthy and they put in Mike Johnson. You realize that MAGA is still in control and it is an extremely scary thing. Ron DeSantis is involved in a presidential campaign that is all but dead. He had a completely whacked appearance yesterday on NBC's Meet the Press. He was interviewed by Kristen Welker. I'm not going to play the entire thing. It's quite vomitous, but I'm going to play for you a really funny 50 seconds from this thing. Ron DeSantis cited the usual stats about how low crime is in Florida, how much lower crime is in Florida than when he became governor. Kristen Welker predicting, obviously, that DeSantis would um, go this route, was prepared with the numbers. Firearm homicides are actually up in Florida. I don't know if DeSantis pretends not to be able to understand what she's saying, but this goes really badly for him. He looks visibly confused. Check it out. This is basically the embodiment of the entire DeSantis candidacy. You can look, you know, in Florida, uh, our crime rates at a 50 year low and our violent crime rates down 30 percent since I've been governor. So so we're handling it strong. Governor, actually, statistically speaking, the CDC says that the firearm mortality rate is actually higher under your administration than it was under your predecessor's administration. But I do want to move on to the campaign and just the what mortality rate? No, no. Firearm mortality rate. Well, I don't. But I. Was actually no, higher that, well, under your all, administration I mean, we, than your predecessors. We, That's according to the CDC. Let me because, move on to the campaign. Governor. Well, right, be, because of, well, because you had COVID and all that stuff. Right, COVID and all that stuff increased the firearm rate uh, m- mortality. What? What is he talking about? Excess mortality. Is that what you're saying? That went up everywhere in the country uh, from 2020 on. No, Our excess mortality, mortality went up rate, less governor, the than mortality. anybody. The firearm mortality rate. Let me move on well, to the campaign because I want to let you respond. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if he's pretending not to know what she's talking about or if he genuinely doesn't know what she's talking about, if he doesn't know the own, his own statistics of what's going on. And I don't know what the explanation is. The entire interview went about that poorly. And when you see that, any normal person would say, how is this guy even running for the Republican nomination? How is this guy still a contender? And the answer is, He's increasingly kind of not. And if we look at recent polling and we'll do a deeper dive on polling at the end of the week or something like that, DeSantis's campaign seems dead. DeSantis is the green line down the middle of your screen here and where he was once polling more than 31 percent among the Republican primary. He's now been stuck between 12 and 13 going all the way back for months. Nikki Haley continues surging. Nikki's now at eight and DeSantis is at 12. It very well may be the case that in a month, as I said, uh, Nikki Haley may actually be the one in second place. So the DeSantis campaign, no momentum, no charisma, no common sense, uh, no factual basis for even saying I should be the next president of the United States. That's how poorly it's going. And he may genuinely find himself. People were talking about DeSantis pushing into first place when it was you know, early January. The difference between Trump and DeSantis was only about 12 or 13 points. DeSantis is now almost 50 points behind Trump and risks falling into third place. He doesn't seem to be ready to end his campaign. Mike Pence did end his campaign, and we'll talk about that later. But DeSantis may soon find himself even lower than second place. I don't see any path to this nomination for him. 
if you see a path for DeSantis to the nomination, I, I'm curious to hear what it is. Let me know. I don't know which early primary state DeSantis is well positioned to overperform that will then, I guess, give him some momentum into subsequent primaries. I'm just not seeing it. If you see it, let me know and I'll gladly follow up about it. Let's take a very quick break and we'll be back with so much more. You know, one of the odd things that goes on in bathrooms in the United States, uh oh, where is this going? Is, you know, when I moved to the US from Argentina, there's really no bidets in the United States. The bidet is just a part of life in Argentina. And why would you make a compromise in the bathroom? Why not have the elevated level of comfort and cleanliness, which is now easy and affordable with our sponsor? Hello, Tushy. The Hello Tushy bidet cleans everything with a fresh stream of water, two times better than alternatives like paper. You just spray and pat. It cuts down toilet paper use by 80 percent. It saves you money. It reduces paper waste. So a Hello Tushy bidet really pays for itself in under a year, attaches to your existing toilet. You don't need an electrician. You don't need a plumber. You install it. Takes eight minutes or less. Super easy. I got one and it is fantastic. And with over 100,000 five star reviews, every bidet comes with a 30 day risk free guarantee, 12 month warranty. Stop wiping and start washing. Go to hellotushy.com forward slash Pacman and use the promo code Pacman for 10% off your first order. That's hellotushy.com slash Pacman for 10% off. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H E L P dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. Anxiety and depression are mental health challenges that affect millions of Americans. Thirty two percent of American adults have reported symptoms of anxiety or depression, but finding the right treatment can be tough. You might have tried things already, might have not been enough, might have not been the right fit. Maybe medications you tried had side effects you didn't like. There is an alternative treatment for anxiety and depression that's shown promising results for many, and that's ketamine therapy. Our sponsor, Mindbloom, is a leading provider of at home ketamine therapy. They have a team of licensed doctors and therapists who guide you through the process. Ketamine therapy is based on scientific research that shows it's generally safe and well tolerated without many of the side effects of some other traditional medications. 89% of Mindbloom patients report improvements in anxiety or depression after just two sessions. And Mindbloom has a special offer for my audience. You can get $100 off your first six session program by going to mindbloom.com slash Pacman and using the code Pacman. That's M I N D B L O O M dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for $100 off. The info is in the podcast notes. The David Pakman show has been for many years and continues to be primarily funded by you folks. People in the audience get the full experience and support the work that we do by signing up at joinpacman.com. We have so much to talk about today that I won't say anything else about it other than to remind you that we do depend on direct funding from the audience. 
at joinpacman.com. Donald Trump got the name of the city that he was speaking in wrong, once again raising concerns about cognitive decline. Trump giving a series of speeches over the weekend, glitching badly at all of them, losing his train of thought, thanking people in a city he's not in. And tomorrow on the program, we'll have a deeper dive about how the attacks on Joe Biden's cognitive state are falling increasingly flat on the basis that every time Trump over opens his mouth, his brain seems to be falling out of it. Let's start with Trump's appearance in Sioux City, Iowa, where Donald Trump talked about being in Sioux Falls. You will hear Trump say that you will see someone whisper to him probably something like, sir, it pains me to tell you this, but you're in Sioux City, not Sioux Falls. Take a look at this raising the specter of Trump's cognitive decline once again. And a very big hello to a place where we've done very well. Sioux Falls. Thank you very much, Sioux Falls. And thank you. And you can hear someone go, it's Sioux City, Sioux City. And Trump goes, oh, oh. So Sioux City, let me ask you. <laughs> OK, um, I'd love to hear more about Joe Biden's cognitive decline. I, I really, really, really would. Uh, the cognitive beauties continuing. Here is Donald Trump claiming that Hungary has a border with Russia. Of course, it does not. You might remember last week, Trump said that Viktor Orban, the Hungarian leader, is the leader of Turkey. Trump getting his strongman dictators mixed up. Here is Trump getting the map mixed up. Once again, Viktor Orban. Did anybody ever hear of Viktor Orban? He's the head of Hungary. Hungary fronts on both Ukraine and Russia. That is not true. If you look at a map, we have these things called maps. If you look at a map that Trump hasn't taken a Sharpie to, there is no such border. Trump's mind turning to mayonnaise before our very eyes and not that really good QP mayo. I'll tell you that that's for sure. Trump talking about trade deals and unable to read the teleprompter. This is the very same teleprompter that he criticized Obama for even using Obama. This is the very same teleprompter that he criticizes Joe Biden for even even using. And Trump reads about the country of Kenya, not Kenya and not Canada. Kenya. With a teleprompter, you can't make a mistake. The only one that can't do a teleprompter is Biden because he can't. Right. He can't read the tele. He can't read the teleprompter. He can't do anything. I ended the NAFTA disaster, the worst trade deal ever made, and replaced it with a brand new USMCA, the best trade deal ever made. They all say a giant win for farmers and manufacturers. Mexico and Kenya, Kenya, there you go. Kenya won big. So just a cognitive disaster, the entire speech. When it comes to Trump's authoritarian wet dreams, he talks about how he will rout the media. I don't know what he means by this, but it doesn't sound good. Let's put it. It doesn't sound like it's a pro democracy move. We will rout the fake news media. We will rout them. Yep. They have to come back and they have to be honest. They're going to be routed. Uh, I don't know. Trump in the middle of talking about defunding schools that have vaccine mandates and somehow gets sidetracked into a story about LeBron James being a lot taller than Hillary Clinton. Um, this was the entire speech, folks. This is not a well man. So remember, Ben, when LeBron James endorsed Hillary? Now, Hillary is small. She's small. LeBron is not small. And they stood on a stage and Hillary came slightly below his belt. Oh, I said, that's the greatest endorsement I've ever seen. This was this was not a good endorsement. This was not good. This was not good. Now, let's get back to our subject at hand. That was a good day. There you go. It was an incredible day for Trumpism when Hillary was much shorter than professional basketball player LeBron James. Trump doing his transgender weightlifting routine, which increasingly is actually um, it's it's a pretty vile routine for more than just the transphobia. Let's put it that way. 
And they're proud, they're clapping, they're going crazy. I can't do it, Mama. I can't. There you go. So presented without comment, because any comment would probably be inappropriate for uh, an audience that includes youngsters, as we have. And lastly, Donald Trump continuing his brutal assault on electric vehicles. He doesn't know anything about them. Republicans don't seem to know anything about electric vehicles, but they really hate them. That we can tell. The happiest day for a person in an electric car is the first 10 minutes after they get the charge. After that, they become a scrambled bunch of maniacs that say, where do we get the next charge? That's how I drive around in my electric car. I go, where's that sweet, sweet charge? Give me that sweet charge. I need it. Um, These people don't know anything about electric cars, apparently, uh, but they know that they are against them. And uh, that is the theme of modern MAGA Trumpism, extreme confidence in things that we know absolutely nothing about. So not exactly a cognitive achievement in wait a second. Is it Sioux City or Sioux Falls? Now I'm confused. No, it's in Sioux City Uh, and it didn't get any better in Las Vegas, where we will go next. A Trump with a big weekend of speeches, if you can call them that. I mean, technically, he used his voice box to try to create language and communicate meaning. It's sort of like basic phenomenology, I guess, whether it's a speech in the colloquial sense. I don't know that I can say here is Trump very strongly saying that the uh, Border Patrol has put out a warning about hummus, hummus. He's doing it again. Customs and Border Patrol distributed a warning that hummus. Has anyone ever heard of hummus? Not nice, (laughs) not nice. And Hezbollah and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad could try to infiltrate terror. There you go. A very, very strong warning about hummus. By the way, they are also looking into the concept of a queso cheese because queso is just cheese. It's like saying cheese, cheese. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, why? Why would you even say that? Or uh, like, for example, when people say RBIs in baseball, the R is already plural, right? So why? Why? It's just RBI runs batted in. It's similar when you when you talk about queso cheese, that's what needs to be investigated. Hummus, I'm fine with. Uh, But this is all extraordinarily dangerous stuff. Trump also says that there's lots of young men coming into the country and they're trying to get into women's sports, I guess this. You know, I've heard about Islamic terrorists are coming in through the U.S.-Mexico border. I hadn't previously heard about how men are coming into the country to play women's sports. what is Trump talking about is the real question Border and into our country. Thank you very much. You know, the same people that attacked Israel are coming into our country, too. And did you ever notice somebody said the other day, some fool on CNN said, oh, isn't that nice? They're all nice young men. They have young men, 23, 24, 22 years old, strong. They like nice young men. There's something going on. There's something going on. It's not a good thing. They have a lot of young men, young, strong men. I don't want to insult the women, but they're young, strong men, even though, as you know, they want men to play in women's sports. You know, that. <laughs> we're not going to allow that. I guess what he's saying is hummus terrorists. And, and also maybe bean dip terrorists are all coming in to play in women's sports, which is I mean, listen, you got to hand it to Trump. Nobody else is talking about these issues. I think it's because they don't exist. <laughs> but, but certainly Trump is the only one willing to talk about this stuff. Trump also saying during this uh, brain fest that he is an extraordinary athlete. I want to do that, too. I'm an extraordinary athlete. I want to play. I want to. There you go. And then lastly, Trump says that he will lower taxes in order to pay off the debt. And the math is not really checking out on this one. But we're going to start paying off debt and we're going to lower your taxes further. You know, we got you the biggest tax cut ever. Right. And he, as soon as he gets rid of all taxes, the debt somehow is also going to go away. So we've looked at Iowa. We've looked at Las Vegas. 
And then we will now look at one what I would call giga glitch. Donald Trump glitched again and very badly. This was another Las Vegas event. This one for some kind of Jewish Republican group, which is quite a small group. I will tell you, American Jews, one of the most Democratic voting blocks that there is alongside black folks. It's, it's actually quite wild. So here is Trump attempting to read off of the teleprompter about anti-Semitism, short circuiting badly. It's a blip, you know, where he just kind of like uh, it's like the record skips and his shoulder twitches. And we all have to pretend that this is normal and that it's Joe Biden who doesn't know what day it is. Take a look. Colleges and universities will purge the anti-Semitism and pro-terrorism. Ter- uh, what, what you're doing, the terrorism. There you go. But the real concern, remember, is, of course, Joe Biden, a disastrous, disastrous cognitive weekend for the failed former president. And tomorrow, if I have time, if not Wednesday and if not, we'll get to it, you know, next month or something. No, sometime this week, we are going to look at how the narrative has shifted dramatically over the last month on Biden's too old and Biden's demented and Biden doesn't know what day it is. The narrative has shifted dramatically because it is every every weekend Trump is having one of these things. We I ran against Obama and I won. You ran against Hillary in 2016. What on earth are you talking about? Victor Orban is the president of Turkey. No, he's not. He he leads Hungary. What are you talking about? And it is glitch after glitch after glitch. And I'll tell you, the biggest beneficiary of this is Joe Biden. It doesn't mean that if you look online, you're not still seeing the same right wingers talk about Biden. It's just not landing in the way it was because it is glitch after cognitive glitch after cognitive glitch for Trump. And by the way, I am issuing no diagnosis here. This could be 100 percent the stress of four criminal trials, two civil trials, being found to be a criminally liable rapist and the weight of it bearing down on Trump. It could be that it's not. Oh, he has dementia. I'm certainly not saying that, but something is not right here. It seems the pressure is getting to him. And we'll talk about how this is certainly taking the attention off of Joe Biden. We're almost at two million YouTube subscribers. That's another incredible cognitive reality. Um, Make sure you're subscribed. Help us get to that two million number. Uh, We'll take a quick break and be right back. So much of the news that we read every day is driven by clickbait headlines, even from reputable sources, and we'll end up stuck in these echo chamber algorithms. And it's not a good thing at all. Our sponsor, Ground News, will pull you out of that situation. Ground News will give you a summary of every breaking news story. It'll show you how the left is covering it, how the right is covering it, how the center is covering it, assuming that they are covering it. If not, it'll tell you that. And then you can make your own mind up. For example, Ground News is showing me here how right wing news outlets have concocted this narrative that George Soros is some kind of Hamas apologist. Of course, only right wing news websites are pushing the story. And Ground News shows you who owns the news outlets. The New York Post is owned by the Murdochs. The Millennial Post is run by Matthew Aziali. They even have a feature called My News Bias, which is basically a dashboard for your specific news diet, shows you what you're reading, how reliable it is, whether you have blind spots you should be aware of. It's only available through the Ground News Vantage plan. You can get it for 30 percent off. That makes it about five bucks a month when you go to ground.news slash Pacman. That's ground.news slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. People in my audience trying to quit smoking or vaping. This is for you. You can't vape or smoke inside. You're tired of people seeing you put those little pouches in your lip. There is a nicotine alternative that people won't notice to help you quit. Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Our sponsor Zipix makes the only nicotine toothpick on the planet that is FDA registered. You can use it anywhere, work, restaurants, airplanes, sporting events after a meal. The toothpicks stay in a convenient little tube that goes in your pocket or on your keychain. It's way more convenient than carrying around a huge can of pouches all day or a whole bunch of gum or whatever the case may be. 
Zippix nicotine toothpicks come in flavors like peppermint watermelon, sweet wood, cinnamon, whiskey. If you're not a nicotine user, try out their B12 toothpicks with caffeine instead, a quick and easy alternative to coffee. Do your lungs a favor, cut the cigarette smoke, cut the vape juice. Quitting has never been easier with Zippix nicotine toothpicks. Go to zippix.com, get 10% off with the code PACMAN10 at checkout. That's Z I P P I X.com. Use code PACMAN10 for 10% off. The info is in the podcast notes. Former Vice President Mike Pence has ended his 2024 Republican presidential campaign in a total humiliation. He made this announcement during a speech to the Republican Jewish Coalition, I believe it's called. A bunch of the Republican candidates spoke to this group over the weekend, and we already looked at some video of Trump speaking to that group. Pence just never really was able to get going with the campaign. It's not a big shock. It's sort of like the same thing as Tim Scott. You know, with Tim Scott, who's a, a, a black Republican senator from South Carolina, it just didn't pass the sniff test. You know, if voters recently, if Republican voters recently voted for Trump, who ushered in a sort of public welcoming of racism and xenophobia, it's very difficult to imagine that Republican voters are going to go, let's go from the guy who coalesced racism to a black guy. It just didn't seem likely. And similarly, Mike Pence was the guy they were trying to um, uh, hang quite for, for that's actually what they said. We're, we want to hang this guy on January 6th. It's similarly hard to imagine that the Trump supporters would go from being uh, on the side of chanting hang Pence to supporting Mike Pence. And indeed, it didn't work for him. Here is Pence making the announcement, citing biblical passages and who knows what else. Take a listen. I just couldn't sit this one out. But the Bible tells us that there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And traveling across the country over the past six months, I came here to say it's become clear to me this is not my time. So after much prayer and deliberation. It's funny that when you're polling 3% for months, you have to pray to know what to do. It's like, I think if you showed the polling numbers to a six year old, they'd be like, I don't need to ask God about this one, Mike. I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Wow. Wow. Now I'm leaving this campaign, but let me promise you. I will never leave the fight for conservative values. And I thank God for that. will never stop fighting to elect principled Republican leaders to every office in the land. Right. So help me, God. Really brave and powerful statement from Mike Pence. Now, just as a reminder, if we look back at the polling, you know, you got Trump at almost 60 and you've got DeSantis at 12 and Nikki Haley at eight and Vivek Ramaswamy at four and a half and then Mike Pence at three point five percent. Now, I don't think we should just be making fun of Mike Pence like we all knew he had no shot. We all knew his campaign was dead on arrival, but we should give him some credit because there are lots of other candidates who also should realize right now that they can't win and they aren't having the decency to drop out. They're insisting on sticking around. If you're DeSantis, I guess you can justify staying in. I mean, after all, you're in second place. You're the only person other than Trump polling in double digits. If you're Nikki Haley, you have gone from one to eight percent and gone from whatever place she started in to third place. She has a path to second place. If you're Nikki Haley, I think you can justify staying in. Vivek Ramaswamy at this point, Pence, Christie, Scott, Hutchinson, Burgum. I don't think any of them can really justify staying in. So at least Mike Pence is doing the thing that makes sense. And if these Republicans want a shot at beating Trump, they should have the humility and the common sense and the pragmatism to say, hey, if we all stay in this thing, Trump's definitely going to win. If we start getting out and maybe we all endorse the same person, maybe there's some way, some way that we can at least get positioned for a strong showing in Iowa or New Hampshire or Nevada, South Carolina. And then maybe there's some way to claw away some support from Trump. But if it stays this way, there is simply nothing, nothing that is going to get in the way of Donald Trump being the nominee. So 
Good for DeSantis. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good for Pence. He realized he couldn't win. He wasn't going to win. The only real question is, why did he get into this thing in the first place? Is this the end of Pence's political career? I mean, probably. Right. I don't know. It sort, sort of seems like it. Um, how old is Mike Pence? Let me see if I can find that. It's got to be close to 70. No, he's 64. I mean, listen, could he try it again at age 68? Maybe it just would have to be a very different Republican Party at that point in order to even consider somebody like Mike Pence. So off he goes and we will see who is next. We learned over the weekend of the death at age 54 of actor Matthew Perry. I was I've never seen a single episode of Friends. The few minutes I've seen did not appeal to me, but that's not what this is about. This is a story about how once again, if the one tool you have is a hammer, everything is going to look like a nail. And for the anti-vax extremists, the death of Matthew Perry is again proof in their minds that the covid vaccine is killing people, a claim for which there is no evidence. It's actually insane. Every time I debunk anti-vax claims, we get flagged on different platforms as promoting covid falsehoods. It's, it's insane how bad these algorithms are. So let me say it again. I am debunking the claims in this video of the anti vaxxers. Let's take a look at some of this stuff. Newsweek reporting MAGA pushes vaccine conspiracy theory after Matthew Perry's death. Um, Penn Live reports Matthew Perry's death had anti vaxxers posting conspiracy theories. Fans were not having it. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, the Hindustan Times says MAGA circles point fingers at covid vaccines in Matthew Perry's tragic passing. The reporting so far is that he drowned in a jacuzzi. Uh, a number of medical doctors have weighed in and said, you know, usually folks who are not on drugs don't die in a jacuzzi unless you have a heart attack, which makes you unable to get up, get out and you end up uh, aspirating water. This is speculation right now. But there is, of course, no evidence that this has anything to do with the vaccine. And yet a right wing uh, guy who says he fights for freedom, Robbie Starbuck, posted Matthew Perry has died at age 54. The call was for a suspected cardiac arrest. While anything is possible, many will point out Matthew was a big supporter of the covid vaccines and even sold shirts saying, could I be any more vaccinated? So I think it's fair to ask that it be investigated as a potential cause of cardiac issues. Regardless, it's a tragedy. He brought joy, et cetera. Uh, we have another example of this. Candace Taylor. She's one of those crazy MAGA candidates. I believe she ran for a couple different things in Michigan and lost badly. She said, what was he vaccinated? And we could look at countless more examples. And indeed, uh, there are many. Laura Loomer the right wing extremist posting Matthew Perry is dead at 54. Sounds like he drowned in the jacuzzi. Wonder if it's covid vaccine related. He often talked about how he was proud to be extremely vaccinated. You get the picture. This, this is what it is. Um, you know, uh, I saw a couple of other posts which were something along the lines of, you know, listen, you've got Bob Saget, who supposedly died in a hotel room from blunt force trauma 21 months ago. And then now Matthew Perry dies in completely different circumstances in a jacuzzi of apparent cardiac arrest. That seems like too much of a coincidence. It must be the vaccines. And if that sounds really stupid to you, you're absolutely correct. The idea that two deaths among celebrities 21 months apart or something like that in different circumstances, in different settings, men of different ages with different health backgrounds, that it's obvious that we should be pointing to covid vaccines. It's a sad state of affairs. Now, as a reminder, uh, people will say, David, look at the Vayers reporting system and look at all the people who died. Remember, the Vayers reporting system tracks people for months after they've received vaccines. And if they die for any reason, you die in a car accident after getting a vaccine, 
you can show up on Vayers and then it is up to us to figure out is the vaccine even related. There are um, false reports submitted to Vayers, et cetera. We still have no evidence that hundreds nor thousands nor tens of thousands nor hundreds of thousands nor millions of people uh, are dying from the covid vaccines. If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And this is yet another tragic situation. Very sad news about Matthew Perry. He was um, important to a lot of people who like the uh, programming that he participated in. And uh, hopefully there will be something more definitive about cause of death. I don't know that that will really do anything for the anti-vaxxers, but at least there will be something more definitive to point to. Sometimes it can be tough to maintain an emotional connection with your significant other. You might work in different places at different times. There might be a kid in the way. It can be hard to find time for date nights, especially because kids demand so much attention, which is why I love our sponsor paired, which is the app for couples. The app will prompt you with a daily question or a game or a guided conversation, all designed by leading psychologists. And the point is to just have a deeper connection with your partner, boost intimacy, build a deeper knowledge of one another. My girlfriend and I will use the prompts on paired throughout the day to stay connected. For instance, we answered a prompt about what we remember most from the early days of the relationship. It really helps us learn new things and there can be funny moments as well. An independent study found that couples using paired saw 36 percent increase in the quality of their relationship and giving a paired subscription as a gift is also a really great idea. You can try it free for seven days and get 25 percent off a subscription. Go to paired.com slash Pacman. That's P-A-I-R-E-D dot com slash Pacman for a free trial and 25 percent off. The link is in the podcast notes. Actress Roseanne Barr had uh, what some are describing as an apparent psychotic episode on the PBD podcast with Patrick Bet David. This was a couple weeks ago. I didn't see it until this weekend. A few people sent it to me. I think it's really worthy of of uh, some coverage, some discussion, because you know we often we see these videos where one of our correspondents will interview wild conspiracy theorists at some rally, for example, or something like that. And obviously we know that those are real people that our correspondents talk to who say Trump's still the president or whatever, but they can appear less real in the sense of it's like, well, yeah, I guess there's like random people out there who believe this sort of stuff, but they're not people that we really know specifically who have some kind of background. We we don't know the man or woman that Luke Beasley interviews in terms of where were they five, 10, 20 years ago. Roseanne Barr is someone who's been in the public eye for a long time. And something has happened where she genuinely seems to be completely off her rocker. And I'm going to play for you part of this video. This is with Patrick Bet David. Remember, I was on his program as well a few months ago, went down to Florida, uh, did, did the, sh- the couple hour appearance. And Roseanne was on there for a couple hours. And she said a lot of crazy things, the craziest of which I think is this portion, this two minute section, where she says Trump is still the commander in chief, Biden is the CEO of a bankrupt corporation. And there are executive orders from 2015 that are the reason why Roseanne believes Trump is still the president. And yet everything bad that's going on is still Biden's fault, even though Trump is president. If your head is spinning, if you're going to struggle to understand this, know that I also am struggling to understand it because it makes no sense. Real nice bow and a really great epilogue. You think he's going to win? Oh, yeah. So there's not going to be election, but if there is, you think he's going to win? Well, I think if there is an election, yeah, he'll definitely win. But there's not going to be an election. We know that. I I said I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't, and I don't think there will be because I think something else is going to happen. And can I ask Mm. one question, Roseanne? We're being hypothetical. If there is, and Mm -hmm. I mean, from the right, I mean, Vivek and all these guys, we see that there's no chance Trump is, is, is a whole different message and well a lot vision. of us think that he's still commander in chief 100% right. are you think that yeah so <laughs> okay so trump is still commander in chief statement number 1 present you think trump is the current commander of chief and chief of the united states of america yes, currently yes i do okay what evidence do you have of that um a whole bunch of uh 
executive orders from 2015. Now, remember, in 2015, it was Barack Obama who was president. So Trump understand the timeline. In 2015, Obama did some executive orders which allowed Trump to, despite losing the election in 2020, still be the commander in chief in 2023. At what point does this go from I'm confused about something to I'm extremely sick and delusional? I don't know. I don't know. Does this count? I'll share it with you. Okay. so then. Then all this stuff that's happened, the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the inflation, the high prices, the consumer price index, is that now Trump's fault? No, I told you, Joe Biden is the president of a defunct corporation. Right. Trump is still president, thanks to 2015 executive orders from Obama. Obama. Right. But everything bad that's happened is Biden's fault because he's running a defunct corporation even though Trump's commander in chief Hmm. in D.C. Mm -hmm. He's causing all that. Okay, so what is Trump doing since he's still the commander in chief in all this? He's the commander in chief of uh, the Constitutional Republic of the United States of America. Right. And I think they're two different things. And I'll show you what are his roles. He I would. That's too long of a conversation, but I'll show you. She doesn't know the answer, but it's a very long conversation. What is Trump actually doing now as the secret commander in chief while Joe Biden runs the defunct corporation in D.C.? I'll show you all the stuff I have. on This is uh, I don't know this world. I generally don't. Do you know who Dr. Jan Halper Hayes? No, it's from Dr. Jan Halper Hayes, who works for the Department of Defense. Look her up, she says. Dr. Jan Halper Hayes. Um, If you look up Dr. Jan Halper Hayes, what you find is that Dr. Jan Halper Hayes is um, a Ph.D. of some kind. I mean, there's just nothing. It's it's all really weird what you find and some conspiratorial stuff. So listen, I don't know what's happened to Roseanne. It does seem sad. It does seem more like mental illness than anything else. And of course, most mentally ill people um, understand that Joe Biden is the president. So the the point here is not to say, oh, that we're stigmatizing mental illness or whatever. And these most mentally ill people are still able to say, oh, Joe Biden's the president of the United States, period. Full stop. He was inaugurated in January of 2021. This there is more to that. There is a sort of level of delusion that exists here that on some level is scary because Roseanne is so confident. She's so confident when she says these things. And I don't know what it would take to disabuse her of these beliefs. I don't even know if it would be possible. I would have loved to have been in there on this day at the PBD show when she was there. Uh, I will be back in Florida soon. I'm thinking of shooting an email over to these guys and saying, do you want me to come in? I'll be in town. I'd love to do something with you. Maybe we can get some other guest in there as well. But my guess is it's not going to be Roseanne once again. So that was a couple of weeks ago, but I thought it was interesting in a kind of scary way. Let's now talk about another person who's whacked, but in a different way. Lauren Boebert. Lauren Boebert has a problem in Colorado, folks. She is now up against not only her Democratic challenger, Adam Frisch, who almost defeated her in 2022. It came down to under 600 votes. Lauren Boebert has a bigger problem, which is that Republicans in Colorado are now turning against her. This is super interesting and potentially a real problem. Time reports Lauren Boebert's Beetlejuice scandal is boosting her primary challenger. Remember, Lauren Boebert was engaged in public vaping, causing a disturbance and public sex acts during a a performance of Beetlejuice in a theater. She was kicked out. Uh, And now it is not just Democrats in Colorado that appear to have had enough. The article reads uh, Representative Lauren Boebert seems seemed to be turning things around. Um, She sat for interviews with hometown papers, met with officials to talk about policy, etc. And then it came undone, literally and figuratively. In mid-September, the Denver Post reported that she was escorted out of a performance of Beetlejuice. She was accused of vaping, recording, disturbing the performance. She denied being vaping, but video clips proved she had been. She was also involved in groping with her and her date. 
She apologized, but damage control proved difficult. Republican challenger Jeff Hurd has now caught the attention of prominent Colorado Republicans who want someone else. Former Colorado Governor Bill Owens, the last Republican to lead the state, said, I am proud to endorse Jeff Hurd for U.S. Congress for the third district. Jeff is a man of character. He's a hardworking, smart, sincere leader who will deliver for the district. Uh, there are a handful of prominent uh, Republicans who are saying we are supporting Hurd. Delta County Commissioner Don Soups knew of Hurd but didn't know him personally. And now says just after the congresswoman's issues at the theater, I decided we had to do something different. So I started reaching out, trying to make sure that we had the right person in that seat for the next election. Um, this is going to be a problem for Lauren Bober. As it was, Republican challenges aside, Lauren Bobert was going to have a real difficult time trying to get reelected in November of 24 because the margin of victory for her was about 550 votes. And since the groping incident and Adam Frisch becoming more known within Colorado in the district, even nationally, uh, raising a lot of money, we already knew it was plausible to kick out Lauren Boebert. And now she is also having a problem because of Republicans. Now, what I don't want, I don't know the numbers on this, and I don't know if there is polling data. I don't want Heard to beat Boebert in the primary if that means he's more likely to go on, on to win in November. If Boebert is more likely to lose to Adam Frisch, because Adam Frisch is a great candidate, we want Adam Frisch to win. If Frisch is more likely to defeat Boebert than Heard, then I want Boebert to win the primary. And we're going to need to look at the internal dynamics of that. I actually know some people that are working particularly on this race and to get a Democrat elected in the third congressional district of Colorado. So that's a practical and tactical question that would ha will have to be answered. But the point here is Boebert's in deep trouble and uh, we are going to follow this race. I do consider this to be an important race, not listen, it's one of four thirty five, but it's important because if you looked at this MAGA Hydra of Madison Cawthorn, Marjorie Trader Green and Lauren Boebert. Cawthorn lost his primary in 2022. He's gone. Marjorie Taylor Green is almost certainly she, her district is different and it's going to be much tougher to remove Marjorie Taylor Green, at least in 2024. But if we can get rid of Lauren Boebert, that is two thirds of this MAGA triumvirate of sorts that uh, came came to power in the last few years. And it would mean a lot to be able to do that. So we're going to be watching this race closely. Lauren Boebert having real issues, real issues here. And uh, we don't know what is most likely to ultimately lead to her demise. But I want to make sure that it happens. That's where I'll leave it. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's a caller who is pointing out something many have written in about. And it relates to dogs the animal dogs, you know, dogs, everybody's man and woman's best friend, dogs and Donald Trump. Take a listen to this. I just want to note that amongst other various copious and maybe more obvious reasons not to like Donald Trump, yeah. one main reason that I also have is that he seems to not like dogs. He says a lot of negative things about dogs. He says yep. people lie like dogs and do other negative things like dogs, quote yep. unquote. And, you know, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was the only president not to have a dog. So, <laughs> yeah, ask him. Dogs are awesome. Listen, uh, I agree that dogs are great, and it is a relatively minor thing. But it is also another strange element of Trump's personality that he doesn't seem to like dogs. Dogs, or as he calls them, dogs, they are often the butt of Trump's jokes or insults. People lie like dogs. They cheat like dogs. They threw them out like a dog, Trump will say. Uh, I do find it a little bit strange. And even people who are like afraid of dogs often have a positive view of dogs as a as a species. So, yeah, this is not the most important thing in the world, but many people have written to me and they said I, one of the main reasons I find Trump not trustworthy is his seeming disdain for man's best friend, the dog. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. After the Lewiston, Maine mass shooting, 
a Maine congressman has apologized for previously opposing the assault weapons ban. As we always ask after these incidents, are we finally at the point where we can maybe make some progress on gun safety regulations? I think the answer is probably not, but maybe we're closer. We will discuss Chicago is looking at opening a municipal grocery store, a municipal grocery store. Very interesting idea, which I want to talk about. And thirdly, we are going to talk about some wild advancements to the AI uh, um, uh, large uh, LLM chat GPT and some of the tools and additional elements of AI that are now available. I don't know how many in the audience are paying attention to this stuff. I've been um, testing a lot of these different things and sort of seeing where the technology is. Some people would call what's going on scary. I don't know that I'm ready to say that, but it is stunning. Some of the stuff that ChatGPT is now able to do with plugins and different tools. So we're going to talk about that and so much more on today's bonus show when I am joined by producer. Pat. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. But everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. A little bit of money will be made on the bonus show. That's true. Uh, join at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code F Fox. That's Fox with two F's, all lowercase, no space. F Fox. And I hope to see you on the bonus show. If not, I'm here all week and we will see you tomorrow.